Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the Royal Strong and True Podcast. We are super pumped to be with you to review some college basketball talk. But before we get into that, we want to give a quick shout out to our Instagram and our Twitter pages. Make sure you follow us at Loyal2RoyalPod. We're posting a lot of fun content on there. We know you guys are going to love it. We're going to be talking about some housekeeping that we got, the USFL, women's basketball, men's basketball, and lots of bubble talk. If you enjoy the episode, make sure to leave a review, download, and share it with your friends. Without further ado, let's get to it. Let's boo! Go Tigers. But that field judge on the far side is in their pocket, man. Go over your death, right? Let's back this booler. Yeah! Let's go wild, let's man. Go, baby. Let's go. Joining us again, we love all of you, like a sibling, um, with all our hearts. Yeah, and souls. Thank you so much for being here. Enough to clean your houses. Oh, so you know what time it is. Get your leaf blowers and your snow shovels. Mm. You could use one in place of the other if you want a little snow hack. Ooh, <laughs> wow. On a powder day. Life advice. And also your Roomba vacuum because we have some housekeeping. Mm-hmm. First things first. Um, looking at the calendars, recording this Monday night, mm-hmm. there was talk about the men's basketball team trying to schedule another game in the Coastal Carolina fashion. <laughs> but at this point, it looks like it's probably not happening. Yeah, probably not. I mean... We play on Friday, and the teams that we were talking about are playing tonight, and so the game would probably have to be Wednesday, which doesn't leave you any practice or rest time. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I don't think it's going to happen. I don't know, now that Dan brought up, uh, you know, that the CC word, oh. Coastal Carolina, oh. you know, I have to say, I was at, you know, somebody in my ward was nice enough to invite me to dinner the other day. Right? Oh, nice. So oh. we're sitting there, and I'm talking to their, like, 12, 13-year-old son. And he starts cool. talking about how in school they were learning about different birds and stuff, and they learned about Chanticleers. And apparently he said, <laughs> "Wait, they're real?" Yeah. Apparently he said, <laughs> thing? "The whole class just spontaneously vomited." <laughs> <laughs> Not like actually, but like they're all like, "Oh, Chanticleer! No, we don't want to learn about that." Yeah. So shout out to those kids for there is now a generational hatred of Coastal Carolina and BYU fandom. That's, That's amazing. Great. Oh, also. That. Piece of context, Justin's shirt says birds aren't real. Uh, so, <laughs> Chanticleers are not real. It's fake. Perfect. Fake news. Exactly. <laughs> uh, in other men's basketball news, we had a 6'11 big man, a three-star recruit, 2022 incoming class. Hmm. Um, so, like, for next fall, 10, 10 months from now-ish. Uh, he visited campus. So, this brings up a good question. Which, moving forward, which position group... In men's basketball, does BYU need to attack more? More guards or forward center? Now, so I don't think we need more true guards. I, I feel like no, we do need one ball handler. 
if Seneca can transition into the score he was in San Jose State, then we don't then you know we could use another score. We don't need one, but if he can't, we definitely need a score, and we need at least one big man for big man depth. Okay. Fus and Atiki are both good. We just need to, we need depth. So if something freaky like this year happens, where you know our two our two starting big men get hurt, we need to have the depth. Right, and it probably doesn't need yeah. to be a starter per se. No, not necessarily. It could just be another body there. Exactly. Like Peor Winitan. <laughs> <laughs> Keyword backup. <laughs> um, Keyword body there. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Um, I would probably have to say I would want them to go after guards more myself. We're losing Alex Barcelo and T. John Lucas. Mm-hmm. There are two ball handlers. Yep. <laughs> yes. And besides them, who else do we have? We got like Hunter. Hunter. Nate Hunter. Travenel. Travenel. Travenel dribble basketball? Probably with his right hand in a straight line. <laughs> <laughs> He's all right. But no. Oh, we have yeah. um, why am I? Trey Stewart. Trey Stewart. Trey oh, true, Stewart. true. Trey Stewart. Yeah. Okay. We have some role players, that's for sure. Yes. But no one that I would want to trust coming out at the beginning of the season playing starting point guard minutes. Yeah. And as far as the big men, it is good to have depth. We've certainly learned that this season. But we've got three of our biggest players coming back with Fus, Atiki, and Caleb Lohner. I think it will be nice to have bodies, like Justin said, but I don't think the need is as great as that as at a guard position. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And ideally, we would want to switch Caleb Lohner back to like a three. Right. We don't necessarily yeah, want like, him playing four or five. We want him kind of being able to slash and do those things. And yeah. Maybe learn how to throw the ball off the backboard with a little more touch. You know, not. <laughs> don't like, say yeah. throw and backboard. No matter where he plays, he'll need to do that. He is literally one inch away from the backboard, throwing the ball at the backboard with, again, and I quote, the force of a thousand white hot suns. <laughs> I love that. Yeah, I, I'm with you guys. I think another body at, at forward and center would be nice, but I think guard is probably the most focused because if our starting point guard is Hunter next season, Sheesh. I just I don't know what that says about our depth. Dude, are you per kidding se? me? Hunter Erickson, Caleb Lohner, Gideon George back when he was in community college and was yamming Gideon on people. George is coming back. Though. We're going to have this yeah. BYU version of, of Lob City. That's true. Hunter Erickson. You're going to see Pusini Chiora lobbying the ball. Like, they're going to run wild plays for Hunter Erickson. <laughs> for Hunter who's going to come up and boom! Damn that, man. I think we'll have to bring back the dunk to turnover. <laughs> yes! Yes, the dunk to turnover. Next ratio. year, if we have Hunter, Gideon, Caleb Loner, Fus, and Atiki all oh, <laughs> starting dude. five. See, it's not going to be like five to five. It's going to be like. 27 turnovers to 22 dunks. <laughs> yeah. Like that. Turnovers will also go way up. Uh, back in the days when the dunk to turnover was actually a thing, like, we got so close. We were like one away, one game. With Gavin. Yaman. Rest in peace, dunk to turnover. <laughs> Short-lived. That aged well, yeah. Um, other housekeeping news is spring football. They officially started practicing today. Let's go. Football's back, so, baby. Football's Let's back. go. I can't wait for it. The wait is over. Kind of. 
kind of. At least yeah, kind they're of. practicing. We're still waiting. Kind but of. with the new NCA rules, it's a lot less contact in the spring. So it's uh, you know, it's it's basically just run throughs, walk yeah, walk throughs, run throughs, seven on seven or something. Exactly. You know? Which is kind of good for BYU, seeing as our uh, our history with injuries is quite spotty. We got to be the most injured team every year. Seriously, yeah. man. I swear, like you know how like they're complaining that. Uh, like in the NFL, it's the whole turf versus grass field debate. Mm, mm-hmm. BYU literally breathes air, and there's a torn ACL. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's serious. It really is. Like we, you think we're joking, but we're not. No, it's not. No, not a joke. We're not. We're not joking. <laughs> anyway, um, what are the odds? Uh, just off the cuff question. What are the Oof. odds that Jaron Hall plays all thirteen games next season? All thirteen? Yeah, he starts in all thirteen games. Oh. I give it a twenty-two percent chance. Okay, uh, those are know, decent odds. I could give it like twelve percent. <laughs> I'm like, I'm with Danny. I'm like fifteen to t- ten to fifteen. Better offensive line this year. That's very true. True. That's very true. So you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna raise it. Whoa. To forty-five percent. Yikes! Every single game. Forty-five percent chance that he starts every single game. I love how we think that's ridiculous, and it's still less than fifty percent. That's where we've come as BYU fans. <laughs> yep. Uh, anyway, I, the position group that I'm worried about most is the D-line. We do get most of the players back. We lose one or two. Um, Uriah Leatawa. But Kalani said uh, this in practice. I want to see what you guys take about this. Talking about the D-line, he praised them for, for having to go up against this really good offensive line, blah, blah, blah. He said, just get disruption and more big plays on defense. I've been asking for that for a long time now. Oh. And that quote was in reference directly to the D-line and Tuiaki. Yes. So, True. quick question. Disruption. Is Tuiaki on the hot seat? Is he on the hot seat? <sighs> I don't know. Because, like, like, Cougar Nation will put him on the hot seat every single year. Oh, yeah. absolutely. If you go to the Cougar board, are you kidding me? <laughs> Any mention of Tuiaki <laughs> within... Uh, Tuiaki, within five words, left or right, there's going to be some sort of profanity. Yeah. It's not going to be good. It's not going to be hell of a job, Tuiaki. It's going to say, go the hell, Tuiaki. Yes. It's going to say something like that. So, but Sheesh. here's the thing. I know Kalani Sitake really likes He's his cousin. He's his cousin, and he's always really? saying, put respect on his name. Here's the thing. We were super down on our defense when the reality is our defense finished 47th last year, yeah. which isn't incredible, but that's still top half. Right. Considering who we were playing... With the talent that we had, because we hadn't recruited for the Big 12 on defense yet. We had a plethora of injuries last year. All the in- We had so many injuries last year. It wasn't off. I wouldn't say he's on the hot seat, but you know, you're going to see his name a lot on Twitter. Yeah. <laughs> Tuiaki is a frequent occupant of our hot seat. I <laughs> yeah. We sort of got off his butt a little bit at some point in the season, last season, but then... We got frustrated with him again because he kept rushing three and dropping eight. And oh, the drop eight. I think what Kalani's saying is more disruption, more big plays. To me, that reads no more rushing three and dropping eight. <laughs> Either that or we just need our D-line to be a lot better. Uh-oh. What? I just had a thought. Uh-oh. You know how Kirby Smart won the national championship because oh, no. he was a defensive coach. Oh, no. And people said, you need to adapt. So what did he do? Become even more defensive. Oh, no. And he won a national championship. No. Dude, Tuiaki's going to start dropping nine. It's dropping <laughs> ten. A one-man rush. A double Just, down. You know what they're going to do? They're going to make the entire offensive line get wasted 
on just one lineman. And it said, so those five offensive linemen blocking one guy, then it's, what, well, it's, it's, <laughs> it's ten on six. <laughs> you, sh- you better be able ten to do that. Ten on six in coverage. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, on a more real note, I liked how the season ended at USC. We saw yeah. that th- when it really mattered, Tuyaki put his guys like out on the wire, right? Yeah. That last play, they needed six yards. Tuyaki called a hot press, man to man, and it stuck and it worked. So I would hope that moving into the season, we'll see more of that. He'll trust his guys a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Some more news from spring football. Keanu Salepaga. This might sound familiar to you. He started on the offensive line for BYU in 2019, played one game in 2020, then got hurt, and in 2021 had a mysterious leave of absence from the team that you know the media never reported on, that nobody knew what was happening. But he is back. He's a big boy, six foot six, 310 pounds. He's coming back to an already stacked offensive line, even more offensive line depth, which is what we need. Mm-hmm. We are happy to have Keanu back. Yeah. Yeah, our, our O-line, I think, has got to be really good. Yes. There's lots of depth and lots of really good high-end players, not just depth. Yeah, so for sure. Excited. No, I worry that now that we're saying this, <laughs> we're going to come into the season, drop two guys in the first game, oh, two guys in the no. next game. We're going to be down to our third-string tackles and guards by, like, week four. <laughs> well, speaking of position groups, so, what so. which position battle for you is the most intriguing? Because we know who our quarterback is this year. Mm-hmm. We know it's going to be Jaron Hall. What is the most intriguing position battle to you? Hmm. Uh, I would say running back. Yeah. I'm with you, Dan. That's a big one. Me too. <laughs> yeah. It's probably the next most, I don't know, famous position or like popular. Yeah. Popular. Sexy. Sexy. There you go. Yeah, exactly. Running back. There's guys who I think could all be good, but I don't know who will step up and take the spot. Yeah. I think wide receiver could be interesting, but I just I have a lot of faith in our wide receiver core. Yeah. We got Keanu Hill, um, Gunnar Romney, Puka Nakua all coming back, and really mm-hmm. like that's good enough for me. <laughs> yeah, but yeah. then we got Cody Epps, right? Chris Jackson, um, Dallin Holker, Isaac Rex also in the pass catching. Isaac Rex is getting better. Yeah, he's yeah. not quite practicing yet. He had an ankle. I've seen him walking without any braces or anything. So okay, that's a good sign. Good yeah. sign. Yeah, I. I don't know. It's it's running back for me. Isaac Rex yeah. can walk. To me, there are two relevant battles. It's the running back battle because we will need to know who our starting running back is. Right. I doubt, I really doubt it's going to be Katoa. Yeah. I just don't think he's a number one guy. He's a solid right. number two when he's not fumbling the ball. <laughs> the other relevant battle to me is the backup quarterback battle. Mm. We've been hearing a lot of hype this offseason about Cade Fennigan. The okay. transfer from Boise State. So, will our backup be Cade Fennigan, or will it be Jacob Conover? That's kind of an interesting position battle to me. No, that's actually really interesting. I heard some things about, uh, what's his name, Conover, that he's not panning out exactly as the coaches had planned. Hmm. There's a guy in one of my classes that works for Billy Nixon, oh. and is like a ball boy at practice, and said that he shows flashes here and there, but like he really hasn't hit a stride where coaches feel comfortable with him. So yeah. I don't know if that's something that he just needs more reps to get into or maybe, you know, maybe he's just not going to pan out. I don't know. But that's a good point. That's a great point, yeah. backup quarterback, because they're going to play three or four games a season for sure. 
<laughs> yes, sir. Unfortunately. Um, another team on campus that is starting up, again, is the women's soccer team. They had a great year last year, as we all know, and hopefully you listeners remember. Um, today they had their blue-white scrimmage to kind of kick off the spring season. Um, and this team is returning a lot of experience. A boat ton of experience. Yeah, a boat ton. If you will. They lost probably their two biggest goal producers and two All-American level players, Kayla Cohan and Cam Tucker. But basically everyone else is back. And a lot of people who have played a lot of meaningful minutes. So I'm excited for them this season. That's actually very exciting. And even though Mikhail Colhan and Cam Tucker got a lot of the shine, like if you go watch those games, it wasn't like a one man show, like for either of them. Like yeah. it was, it you could tell that it was a team. Oh, yeah. They just happened to, you know, be accented in the team environment. But it, yeah. I like the pieces around them are still very, very good. They just happened to be in the positions that shot the ball the most. Right. Right. Yeah. The offense ran. They were fourths. There it is. That's all. There you go. Uh, also in proper football. <laughs> proper football. Proper football. Pulisic, as the Brits call him, and Dest. Both had master classes for two of the biggest clubs in the world, which as an American is still kind of surreal. <laughs> it's yeah. actually happening. You know, like two or three years ago, if there was one American in like the worst team in England, we were like freaking out over <laughs> well, Remember when Josie Altador was like, oh, playing yeah. as like a backup Josie on some EPL team? And we were like, let's go! Yeah. So we've come a long way and I... I'm loving every minute of it. Yeah, and speaking of Pulisic <laughs> yes. and uh, the Chelsea club, Chelsea. it's still weird to me they don't have mascots. It's like, <laughs> yeah, Chelsea what? <laughs> the club. The Chelsea. Chelsea FC. Anyway, the club. yeah, the Chelsea club soccer of football yep. uh, played in the Carabao, Carabao, Bao? Carabao. The the Ethel Carabao Cup, um, yeah, and it was it. insane. They played against Liverpool, yeah. very tightly contested game. The final score should have been like three two, but it was zero zero because yeah. of off the post, crazy saves, offsides. It was honestly very entertaining. <laughs> I loved it. Very entertaining. It was fun. This is how I got through state conference on Sunday, <laughs> um, and it goes to PKs after extra time. Yeah, and just so the non soccer people know. You go to five PKs until someone's mathematically eliminated. Everybody made their PKs, so it's tied 5-5. So they go to sudden death, right? Each Mm -hmm. team shoots, and whoever, you know, when the disparity happens, it's over. It went all the way to the goalkeepers. (laughs) And Liverpool's goalkeeper did a beautiful shot, just like right out of reach. And then the Chelsea goalkeeper steps up, who had been put in specifically for the penalties... Yeah, didn't save a single one. He did not do his job at all. And it comes down to him, and he goes and kicks it, and it goes like 45 yards across the bar. It was so funny, honestly. <laughs> Rest in peace. <laughs> but yeah, shout out. Uh, you guys have to see that. Maybe we can post it or something. Yeah. Football, proper football. Proper football. It's very exciting. People who say that it is not don't understand it. That's true. And now, that's talking soccer. I have one more note of slightly less proper football. Oh, <laughs> which is MLS. <laughs> um, it started. Real Salt Lake played. It was zero zero. Sweet. That's all I need to know. 
Some games are exciting. But it was on the road. Yep. So <laughs> well, pro football it. is. They play soccer in the United yeah. States. <laughs> it's soccer. a different sport. <laughs> Speaking of sports that you know we kind of halfway care about, baseball. Let's talk a little halfway care. No, Justin. Yeah. Okay. Yes. You know, deface us that way. <laughs> we don't care about baseball. We really don't. But baseball, it should be happening right now. The regular season should have started, but they are still in a lockout. MLB still hasn't started. Does anyone care? Crickets. Crickets. <laughs> I care. I'll tell you why. Oh, oh. I want the lockout to last as long as possible <laughs> because I don't want to see any baseball highlights on ESPN. All right. I, I agree. You know? I have Cancel the whole season. One nugget. Oh, a nugget. Are you listeners? You ever heard of Bryce Harper? Mm, yes. Heard of that guy. It's Mormon. Mormon? One of the best players. Oh, don't tell me. of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Yes. I think he either got married in the temple or... San Diego temple. Took a picture in front of the temple. <laughs> got married in the San Diego <laughs> I don't know temple. all the details. But he posted a picture with him with a jersey of the Tokyo Giants. Oh! <laughs> he's sending a message to the MLB. Let's go! He's not messing around. <laughs> He didn't sign with the Giants, but he's kind of telling them, get your stuff together, I'm going to Japan. Heck, you may as well sign with the Shanghai Sharks at this sick. point. Play with Jimmer for that. The that next would be Jimmer. amazing. Or he could go FC Barcelona baseball team. <laughs> like Brandon Davies. Like Brandon Davies. <laughs> the Barcelona basketball team. Oh, I love it. Oh my. Okay, moving along with the housekeeping. Yeah. <laughs> Turning into quite the segment here. Yeah, for uh, real. Yeah. We got the USFL Daily Update. There were two BYU players... Taken in the draft, yes. Corbin Kafusi to the Tampa Bay Bandits. Uh, he is drafted as an offensive tackle. Yeah, which he played in high school, but played D line when he was here. He mm-hmm. also played a very formidable uh, center on the BYU basketball team. <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. And Tomasi Laulile, I think I'm saying that right. Yeah, went to the Houston Gamblers. Heck yeah, baby! He also played in the Heck XFL key. for the Renegades. Yes, sir. Wow. Defensive lineman. He's gonna kill it. So, I hope so. Also, the ex- the USFL draft, very good. I'm very excited about my team. I don't know about you guys. Houston Gamblers all the way. Go go Blue Wave. Yo. The, the Nolans. Breakers. The Breakers. Hopefully it's not too big of a wave. <laughs> going to come crashing. Then, Dan, you're going to go over the falls. <laughs> I think that's hilarious. <laughs> Just a small wave in New Orleans. Uh, oh, that's yeah. all. Okay, so moving on from okay. USFL, we just want to do a little segment right here before we move into talking basketball. So now each week we are going to start posting polls on our Instagram story or, you know, we're going to start posting things on our Instagram story to allow you guys to ask questions and participate in our mailbag segment. So if you ever have questions, hit us up, DM us on Instagram or respond to those posts and your questions may be featured on the show. We'll give you a shout out. And we'll talk about whatever you want us to talk about, no matter how oh, yeah. weird, whimsical, or fantabulous it may be. Wow. So, the vocabulary is immaculate. Phantasmagorical. Phantasmagorical. <laughs> Emporium. Emporium. <laughs> okay, moving on. Let's get our first real item of business. Okay, let's start the 22 podcast. minutes in, let's go. Yeah. Um, yeah, that, was, that was a long housekeeping. <laughs> Sorry, guys. We'll cut it down next time. I hope you liked it, though. It, it was good. It was good, good content, right? Yeah, it was great. Yeah, if it was bad, let us know. We'll read it in the mailbag segment. <laughs> yeah. All right. Uh, women's basketball. Defeated Santa Clara 103-66. to 66. Oh, oh, my golly. Third time they hit the century mark this season. 
and Sick. they beat Pacific by 30, wow. 82 to 52, and they cut down the nets at Pacific, which has got to be kind of weird. <laughs> oh, it's kind of sad. <laughs> but they clinched the WCC regular season crown. <laughs> I still can't get over that. They cut down Pacific's nets. Yep. Because <laughs> they won the conference. Oh. Well, they moved up, all the way up to number 17 in the eighteenth. Oh! They're getting snubbed as always. It's ridiculous. The disrespect. It is absolute disrespect. It's so sad. And they're number five seed in the NCAA tourney. They're still not giving them a four seed. Which is ridiculous. Were what more can they in do? In the net, aren't they like number nine? Ninth or number eighth? Nine in, number yeah. nine in the net. I'll double check that. But and they're somehow not a top four seed. <laughs> I don't get it. I absolutely Someone do explain maths to me. Well, they are the number Max. one seed in the WCC tournament. Okay. They won't be playing until Monday, March 7th, and they're playing at 1 p.m. for some reason. Is that like a quadruple buy or something? Yes. Yeah, the quadruple <laughs> buy in the weird WCC tournament bracket oh, that God, nobody knows it. what it looks like. Great bracket. Is there any reason that you can think of that BYU would not win this WCC tournament, the woman? Absolutely not. No. They have been a freight train Ooh. in the WCC. One fun thing, they do run back into Portland, their only <sighs> WCC loss. Ooh, okay. Well, assuming Portland wins. Portland Pilots. Yeah. Um, I, I I don't think so. I think they will run through this tournament like a knife through hot butter. Ooh. Or, well said. Or like Jason Voorhees through an unexpecting uh, person in a house. Or like the atomic wings that you're going to eat here. Oh, no. <laughs> Foreshadowing. That was bad. That was bad. Shame on you, Justin. <laughs> Hopefully the championship game won't be close enough for the clock operators to screw it up this time. Oh, Do you guys remember last year? Yeah. Then there was .6 seconds on the clock. Gonzaga passes it in. The girl gets it, looks, takes a dribble, looks, shoots. And apparently that only took six tenths of a second. No it was way. ridiculous. There was no way that that was six tenths of a second. Horrible. Oh, man. Well, moving on to the men's team. <clears throat> um, they played two games this week, and we rose the stakes. Heck, yeah, we did. So let's recap the stakes that were arisen, Whew. that were rosen, Good morning. that were DeMar DeRozan. Oh. Who knows? <laughs> I guess I'll go. start out. I bet on Trevin Nell. Wait. Well, they just showed DeMar DeRozan on the screen. <laughs> They're listening to me. Oh my goodness. MVP. I bet that Trevin Nell would hit a three in each game, and he did. I'm safe for the first he time delivered. in, I think, three or four weeks. <laughs> so, shout out to Trevin Nell. He delivered. Yeah. It's, I think it's the first time in a while he did three in back, back games. Yeah. I'm not saying he made a lot of threes. But no, he went, he went like one of ten. <laughs> he the made three he literally two of made. ten combined. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> um... um me, you may be wondering what I did. Well, I did what any reasonable person would do, and I bet on Caleb Lohner. <laughs> that must that means you must have failed, right? Wrong. He got the double double that I predicted against Loyola Marymount. Had the first ten minutes of that game were the ten minutes of his life. Yeah. Received, <laughs> and he finished with eleven points and thirteen rebounds. And you know what they say. Caleb Lohner is like the old faithful geezer. What? Or geyser at Yellowstone. Geezer. Or geyser? I called them geezers once when I was a kid. There's an old guy behind me and he's like, those are geysers. I'm the geezer. (laughs) (laughs) That was awesome. So yeah, Caleb Lohner is like the old faithful geyser. 
He always delivers right on schedule. Which is some bullcrap because right. he did not <laughs> he did not deliver for Jared or me. We <laughs> no all three of us the have bet season. on Caleb Loner. Jared failed, I failed, Dan gets it right. Right on schedule. That's baloney, dude. <laughs> That's some straight up baloney. Okay, do you want to know some freaking oh, malarkey? This is good. This is, good. <laughs> this is monkey shiz, if you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> so I said BOU had had less than, not equal to, 20 turnovers. So 19 or fewer. 19 or fewer, exactly. Yeah. So in the first game, BOU has 10 turnovers, which they only had like six in the when there was four minutes left, and they turned the ball over a bunch the last four minutes. Yeah, right. ten. Okay, so I'm sitting like I'm not bad, but you know. Yeah, I'm like, okay, we can do this. <clears throat> then we're going throughout the game, we're doing okay, and then right before halftime, we get a couple fouls. Ooh. With seven and a half minutes left, we hit nine foul or nine turnovers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In the game, seven and a half minutes, and I'm like, okay, it's over. Yeah. We go through the last seven and a half minutes, no turnovers for BYU. And then okay. with 10 seconds left, Spencer Johnson gets tackled. Mm-hmm. Tackled, mind you. Yeah, when we're running the clock out. With 16 seconds. Yeah, we're up 16 with 10 seconds left. He gets tackled. And Trevin Nell, God bless his heart, stands up for his teammate and doesn't let somebody else back him down. Gets in his face. <laughs> and they offer a non-contact, dead ball, turnover, technical foul to Trevin Nell with 10 oh, seconds left on this weakest, bullshit penalty call. Oh. The WCC refs have done it one too many times for me. I'm done. I'm done with them. I can't do this anymore. I want some. I feel like I'm Clark from National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. I want somebody to bring the WCC refs over to my house with a little bow on top so I can tell them what a cheap, lying, no good, rotten, four flushing, low life, snake licking, dirt eating, inbred, overstuffed, ignorant, blood sucking, dog kissing, brainless, dickless, hopeless, heartless, fat ass, bug eyed, stiff legged, spotty lip, worm headed sack of monkey shit he is. Hallelujah! Holy shit! Where's the Tylenol? Where's that Tylenol? Oh, so can I give a quick shout out really quick to Tosucom underscore MD, one of the oh. Instagram accounts that follows us. Right. I, I think he follows us. Literally zero posts, one follower, one following, and I think we might be the one following. What? His the name is My Bald Head. That, that's oh, his name, my bullhead. I, I think we all know who this is. I know who this is <laughs> now. Score, uh, is that your dad's burner account? That's my dad's burner account. <laughs> burner. So he, so your dad commented from both accounts then, apparently. Oh, he's pulling a Kevin Durant. So, Tosucom underscore MD posts, somebody's a glutton for punishment or very optimistic. This team averages 16 turnovers a game. <laughs> So shout out to Tuzicon for trash talking Jared on the Instagram. We welcome all trash talk. Please bring it. We not wrong. <laughs> I learned my lesson. Never bet. Never go in with a Sicilian when death is on the line. <laughs> okay, let's. I got it. That's so dumb. Let's talk about the games a little yeah, bit. That was Jared's hate mail, everyone. BYU first game beats LMU seventy nine to fifty nine. Now, LMU was playing without Kelly Leal Pepe. Thank goodness we didn't have to see that. What'd you dirty, say? Uh, sorry, Kelly Leal Pepe. DJ Uyunglele. DJ Ukulele. 
Thank goodness we didn't have to see Kelly Lopez's dirty mullet bouncing around the court with his dumb little mustache. I'm glad he didn't play. But we won. 79-59. Yeah. Excellent. It was And, excellent. yeah, that was our first 20-point win since January 6th. When we beat Pacific at home. And before Not that, bad. we didn't have a 20-point win for <laughs> several more weeks, I think. Yeah, I think Oregon was the one before that. Yeah. Wow. Which is... Kind of sad, but to be expected when you lose your two best players before the season begins. I guess so. Um, yeah. The points were spread out across the board, which I really like to see. Uh, Foos had 12 points. Git had 12. Loner had 13, as we mentioned. Uh, Lucas had 14. And Barcello had 9. <laughs> so I like to see that. I like to see it being spread out. Balance. Balance. <laughs> Balance. Is that Alex's last name? No, that's the team's that's balance. balance. Oh, <laughs> I was saying Barcelo. Okay, anyway. We scored 79 points with Barcelo only scoring 9. The rest of the team scored 70. That's an incredibly positive that's sign. Yes. Awesome. Good sign heading into March. And the best part about this game is ESPN's little auto-generated headline on their GameCast page. <laughs> Loner carries BYU past Loyola Marymount. <laughs> Maybe in the first two minutes of the game. I never thought I'd see the day <laughs> when Loner carried us past someone. But good for him, honestly. Good game. Yeah, good game. He did have a good game. Yeah, good for him. Good mm-hmm. first half. Remember last year when he like missed all of his shots and then hit the stride with like ten games left? He's yeah. doing the same thing, but with two games a left. A little late yeah. game of Loner. <laughs> Just a little bit late. Uh, now the second game that happened, this happened on Saturday. Oh, lovely. The day of the Saturday. A special day. Saturday is a special day. It's the day we beat Pepperdine 75 to 59. Oh, I love that rendition. Let's see what you did there. BYU beat Pepperdine 75 to 59. Foose had a monster game oh, with 25 points and 19 rebounds, shooting 90% <laughs> from the field. That if you factor absurd. in his free throws and everything, 89%. That's incredible. Wow, bro. <sighs> yeah. This was honestly an insane game. And it wasn't like a Yoli Childs game where he kind of like snuck up and did it. He was like no, dominant he start did. to no, finish. He did it. He was dominant. <laughs> he got some blocks too, man. Yeah. That was great. He's a monster. Heck of a player. A oh, monster. Man. Apparently in the what huddle. Find. Apparently in the huddle, there, uh, uh, Foo said, you want to put this game away? Give the ball to me every time. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I love that. <laughs> love to see that, right? How old is Foos? He, he's like, he's, he's a true freshman. Yeah. yeah, so he's got to be like 18 or 19. But he's a he's a monster. He's a, yeah. Absolute beast. He <clears throat> almost had a 20-20. We were so, so close. But the last couple of shots we missed. Age 20. Or we made, yeah. He's 20. 20 yeah, now. he's 20. Okay. So, uh, Younger than us. Yep. Young blood. Uh, anyway, Caleb Loner. Had a monster dunk, probably the loudest I've heard the Marriott Center. That was an insane. Other play. than the Spencer Johnson layup that one time. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but that was incredible. Yes. Uh, was that the play of the year for you guys? Yes, hands down. Yep. Heck yes, it was. I I I think I, I think it has it to be that alley oop yammer. So it was beautiful. It was like we got a steal or something. Mm-hmm. It was kind of a fast break. Someone passed it up to T. John Lucas. He was kind of. Just past half court or something. Yeah. Then he just lobbed it up to the rim and Caleb Lutter came flying in, <laughs> caught it and yammed it with From two hands. outside of the key. It was yeah. like Superman. He jumped so far and so high. It was amazing. 
It was, was beautiful. That was really beautiful. Herculean effort. <laughs> that wasn't the only crazy play of the game. Alex Barcelo also hit an insane James Harden step back three, except he didn't travel. Yes. <laughs> like unlike James Harden. Yeah. Alex Barcelo absolutely cooked a guy and hit a three, even though he went like two of ten from three point land that season. Yeah. <laughs> he did make that one and it was pretty sick. That was a great play. And it was against the player that had been just like a thorn in our side all night. This Yoon guy that like he's like flop on the defensive end and they call charge every single he time. He did get a flop awarding eventually. Just one, yeah, <laughs> finally. Should have had like four. Also, another fun fact, we did our Raising the Stakes from a couple weeks ago. Oof. Dan dressed us up. He <laughs> is a great. professional stylist now. Yeah. If you have not seen our outfits, check out our Instagram at loyal2royalpod, and you will see the picture of us there in our crazy outfits that got us a victory on the Quick Quack Car Wash Challenge Camp. Yeah, yeah which we, the jumbo we got DM'd, and apparently we got a consolation prize because they chose somebody else, but they disqualified her because she worked for AV. So <laughs> they then gave it to us. Oh, so sick. we're consolation winners, baby. Let's go. I'll take it, man. Jared, how would you describe your outfit that you wore to the game? The redneck leprechaun is what <laughs> I've dubbed it. Leprechaun. You will only oh. understand if you go. I guess you just have to see it. Justin was looking good too. The only words that can describe mine are, "I can't." I'm Mormon. <laughs> yes. That's what my shirt said. And Ray the fact that we made Justin put on some plaid cargo shorts because the basketball pants, the, the baseball, baseball pants were too tight. A little too revealing. A little revealing. <laughs> yeah. So Justin kind of touched on this, but Alex Barcelo, he hasn't been scoring as much. He's kind of been struggling uh, from three, especially over the past two games. Last week, he was only three of 13. Not ideal. Not great. We not still won easily, which I think is great. Yeah. But I think if we can keep up that the rest of the team's production and have him start making his shots, we're in good shape to make at least a two-game run Yeah. and yeah. make the big dance. I would love that. If that happens. If yeah. That happens. And I think it's not good that he's like not shooting well. But I think it's good that we're seeing other people step up in place of him. Like Absolutely. Nine mm-hmm. points on Thursday, ten points on Saturday, yet we still put up 70-plus in both games. So I, I'm, I'm, loving to, I'm loving to see, uh, like, Foose with 25, uh, Tijon with 15, Gid had double digits in both games. It's, mm-hmm. it's, it's good to see, and it gives me hope moving into March. Mm-hmm. Fawusho. Let's get into our... Uh, smiley face, uh, frowny face, and straight face, shall we? For these last two games. Let's we shall. I have the smiley face this time around. Finally get to spread some positivity on the podcast after yeah, weeks yeah, yeah. of frowny faces and straight <laughs> faces. My happy face is Fusini Treore. Over the course of the two games, he had 37 points, shooting 71% from the field and 78% from the free throw line with a combined 21 rebounds. He averaged well over a double-double over the ne- over the last two games with 70% plus from everywhere that he was shooting the ball. We need him to be a beast if we want a shot at the tourney and a shot at winning the WCC tourney, Whoa. which I know our players want to do. <laughs> yes, they yes do. they do. I have this week's straight face, and it is the three-point shooting. Against Loyola Marymount, we were 7 of 19, Pepperdine 7 of 26, so overall 31%. Seven gang, baby. 
which <laughs> not great, but not terrible since we won by you know double digits each game. Right, it's good enough. Right. So yeah, like I was saying, it's good that we can win games without relying on the three. But if Alex Porcello starts making some of those, other guys like Trevor Nell can you know throw in a couple, we'll be a lot more dangerous. So you know that's good. Yeah, no, I I definitely agree. Uh, I have the frowny face. If I'm being honest, the worst things I could think of or come up with were at worst like a straight face. Like there's some positivity about it. There's nothing that was like purely negative. Trevor Nelts run over with six seconds left. Okay, don't <laughs> get me started again. We already went through that. I can't have my face getting red again. I might explode. <sighs> However, <laughs> However. <laughs> However uh, I did have a sad face on Saturday when I saw Gavin Baxter and Richard Harward coming out into the court, receiving their senior whatever flowers yeah, and pictures. Senior night. I loved Richard Harward's half court <laughs> shot. That, he, was that wild. Hit, that hit the shot clock <laughs> yeah. above them. Lay off. That was not even close. So, just for your listeners, Mark Pope subbed in Richard Harward, who hasn't played all season with some heart problem, and Gavin Baxter, who tore his ACL. They both actually played like live in this game for, <laughs> for like ten seconds, 10 seconds or something. Yeah, he subbed in with like under a minute left. Ball went straight to Harvard. He lobbed up like a forty footer, <laughs> hit the shot clock, <laughs> and then he subbed on. Mark Pope immediately called a timeout and subbed him out. Pepperdine bench was pissed. I know if I was Pepperdine, I would be so mad. It's so bad, but it was great. Uh, the it, it it was it was good to see them. Uh, you know, get their honors and hear the crowd cheer for them. It was just sad that they couldn't have gone out on a better note, you know, actually, like, playing and and just thinking about what the season could have been if we'd had those two guys. Yeah. Um, but huge shout-out to those guys. Love them to death, both of them. They'll live on in our hearts forever. Uh, yeah. So, shout-out to guys. those guys. Yeah, unfortunate injuries. However, let's uh, move on to the probably the hot topic. We might be burying the lead a little bit, uh, talking about the most important thing 45 minutes into the episode. Yeah. yeah. However, <laughs> the WC tournament is upon us. It is tourney it time, is boys. Here, our favorite bracket. Yeah. Uh, BYU is a five seed, which means that they get a singular buy. Not they get one buy. Not a quadruple. Not a double, not a triple. <laughs> Just one buy. Just one standard old buy. Exactly. <laughs> so, yeah, there's a really weird bracket. Go look it up. Maybe we can post it. Yeah, we can to post it. To make your jobs yeah. easier. But our first game is Friday. That much is certain. Yes. We play the winner of LMU or Specific. And then, if we win that, <laughs> we play San Francisco on Saturday. Because they, they have a bye until that game. So the buys. <laughs> that's a quad one, yeah. And if we win that game, I said enough. We win. Resume, we're in. Our resume gets earmarked. The Ooh. committee's like, hey, look at that. Another quad one. We win. We're in. We'll we'll have a big debate about this on the next episode. You know, after BYU after play the game. Yeah. So yeah. we'll have a, we'll have a pretty good debate on this. Who knows what'll happen? But yeah, if we win that on Saturday, we play whoever's left on Monday. Probably. The Zags. Yes. Definitely then, the Zags. Yeah. <laughs> now I got a question for you though. Goes. Is Gonzaga gettable? Does it matter if they're gettable? Gettable? Gonzaga gettable. lost at St. Mary's, their final game of the season. 67 to 57. Might I add, 
four more points than what we lost by two St. Mary's at yes. St. Mary's. Oh, Drew Timmy and Chet Holgram <laughs> scored a combined 12 points, going yeah. 5 of 17 from the field. Andrew Nemhard, 6 of 18 from the field. Their bench points, zero. I repeat, zero oh, bench what? points from, zero. from Gonzaga. Zero bench points. Only scored 57 points. Wow. Their offense struggled for the first time all year. Are they gettable? Absolutely. You just need to have mm. a good defense. I think as long as you have like legit big men, like Toss, it, it was fun <laughs> to watch Tim. Yeah. Timmy, Toss. he is such a fraud, dude. If he you is. put a real big man in front of him, he just turtles. He disappears. Fraud. Yeah. yeah. He's and bad. He was 0 of 7 in the first half. Finished 2 of 10. Yeah. I, I completely agree they are gettable. I've been saying it all season long that they're not as good as people think they are. I, I, I just... I don't know if they can win an NCAA tournament. I think they're yeah. gettable. Um, one more note about this one. Well, actually a couple. Chet Holmgren <laughs> fouled out. Ooh. Loser. If that doesn't bring a little bit of envious joy to your hearts, then <laughs> I don't know if you're living. Also, well, actually, I actually have two more things. Sorry. Um, St. Mary's is a team that just loves to muck up games yep. and make games ugly and win ugly. Randy Bennett would say and it a different way, but yes, I'm they, for this audience. <laughs> yeah, they did it um, when they hosted Gonzaga, and it worked, and they won. That could be a is it a blueprint recipe, game? a blueprint, yeah, for other teams to follow if they play Gonzaga. And that was my third thing. Oh, yeah, um, part of my take. <laughs> they were talking about St. Mary's. And they said they have a, like a bunch of white guys, a bunch of Australians, and weird people. They said they're basically like BYU, but if everyone was on crack. <laughs> <laughs> so, no, that's a good description. That's, that's, especially Logan Johnson. Logan Johnson is absolutely Trevor oh Nell on crack. Trevor Nell on crack. That is St. Mary's. And they're just... I don't know. <laughs> I would hate to be a St. Mary's fan. They they're not a bad program, but their teams are just kind of definitely <laughs> nationally disrespected. Yeah, they're like that pair of jeans that never gets thrown away. Yeah, <laughs> just keeps getting reused and reused. That never tears. Like but... the work jeans. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Wow. Um. So my question is. Does it matter if they're gettable? Because can BYU get past San Francisco? Mm. Now listen to this. We split both seed, both series with both St. Mary's, the two seed, and San Fran, the four seed. Mm-hmm. So you'd think we have a better chance against USF. However, Whatever. against St. Mary's, we were plus four on aggregate. And against uh, San Fran, we were minus 12 on aggregate. So yeah. does that change your, your perspective about these teams? No. Okay. And here's why. Let's hear it. Yeah. San Fran was that weird game in the middle of the season that we forgot about. We mentioned last episode where we shot 38% from the free throw line. Mm. We shot yeah. abysmally. And I think Tejon Lucas or something went like 0 of 4 from the free throw line or something yeah, like that. Yeah, like front ends. We kept it was yeah. really, really bad. We, had, we lost by 13 points, if I'm not mistaken. And we missed 12 free throws. And like four of those were front ends of one and ones. So we make those free throws, we win that game. All we got to do is make sure that Shabazz isn't going off. And what's the other guy's name? I always forget it. Bouye. Bouye. Yeah, that Bouye isn't going off. If we can contain those two players, they do not have the personnel top to bottom to beat us. 
Interesting. I think yeah. we definitely can beat them. They seem to kind of, I don't know, not like BYU. Play yeah. really hard against us. Yes, but, definitely. And the last time we played them was like during our four-game skid where things yeah. just weren't going well for exactly. us. That's no matter true. who That's we true. played. The last couple of games, I think we've kind of hit our stride again. Mm-hmm. If we play them on a neutral court, I think we can win it. Okay. I think we win by 10+. plus. Oh, okay. Ooh. See, here's my counter-argument. I think it's kind of like in boxing, styles make fights, right? Mm-hmm. Like, when we play St. Mary's, because early in the season, our identity was to muck games up, right? Yeah. Play super good defense, low-scoring games, and then eke it out at the end. And I think that's... It plays to St. Mary's strengths and weaknesses, right? Because St. Mary's for sure. St. Mary's wants to make other teams uncomfortable by doing that, but BYU is comfortable playing that style. Yeah. And I think San Fran does a little bit of that, but they kind of like to run the floor a little more. Yeah, Shabazz and Bouye like to shoot the ball a lot, right? Yeah. And so I think that style favors San Francisco unless we can pull the upper hand and do what St. Mary's usually does. But I just... That, that, that's where I have pause, is that their style of play plays into our weaknesses. Jerry mm-hmm. pause like a dog. <laughs> <laughs> Terrible free throw shooting, missing front ends of one-on-ones, and Fusini Traore had two points in that game. That's Ooh, true. Was, I was during Was Fusis. that the one where he injured? Where he got injured? I, maybe. I'm not 100% positive on that. But that was during Fusini Traore's little cold streak Swim. that he went through. Yep. Yeah. He is now hot. He will... Dunk all oh, him and Atiki will dunk all over, swing their nether regions oh. all up into USF face. <laughs> and I, I'm, I'm telling you, BYU is going to come and play in the WCC tournament with an absolute vengeance. Uh, let's hope so, because we need it. Yes, <laughs> we do. We need it. All right, shall we uh, raise the stakes? Let's shall. Uh, the punishment this week we came up with. Um, if you guys have any punishments, you listeners for the future, hit us up. We will consider them. Um, this week, the loser has to drink a blended up Wendy's four for four. <laughs> <laughs> Includes their little dollar menu sandwich, mm-hmm. like a burger or a chicken thing, it's French fries, a frosty, and the chicken nuggets. Spicy nuggets. We're going to do the spicy so, nuggets. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Not good. Not good. Oh, this is gonna be bad. So let's all just win it. Yeah. Has that ever My, happened? I don't think we've ever all won. No, we've yeah. never all won. Never. This could be the week. I'm just trying not to think about my intestines. <laughs> After the B dubs atomic wings and then a blended up four oh, for four. Yeah. I may never recover. <laughs> Best of luck. Um alright, mine actually doesn't have to do with BOU. It has to do with Ohio State basketball. Okay. okay. Uh, if any of you follow Ohio State basketball, which I, I don't know uh, if you do. This year is the quintessential Ohio State basketball year. <laughs> yes. We have very impressive wins, uh, a la Duke, um, Illinois, Michigan, Michigan State, right? And mm-hmm. then we have head-scratching losses to teams such as uh, Maryland, uh, uh, like yesterday. <laughs> yep. Bad. Um, Oral Roberts in the tournament last year. Yes. No, the they they got COVID and couldn't play in the tournament last year. That's that's the story. All oh, right. Yeah. Yeah. No, yeah. yeah. We got COVID. Couldn't play. It wasn't Oral Roberts. No, 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 no. They just moved on by default because we couldn't play. Yeah. So I have to tell myself. Bad timing, man. If Ohio State started the tournament in the Sweet 16, they could make the Final Four, maybe in the national championship game. 
But because they don't, they're susceptible to early round upsets. However, I'm choosing them to beat Michigan on Sunday. It's always a close game. These games are always close, right? Mm-hmm. We aren't Michigan's like full basketball rival, but these games are always close. Uh, look up the Evan Turner buzzer beater against Michigan in the Big Ten Championship like 10 years ago. That was amazing. But Ohio State's going to beat Michigan fish off the regular season. That is my reason stakes. All right. Good luck to them. Well, thank you. Uh, mine is a simple one. It's that BYU will win two games this week. Okay. All righty. And one of those games, by default, is San Francisco. Yeah. I think we beat them. We win our first game and win our second game. All right. I like that. I'm with you. I'm saying BYU will definitely win its first game. Now, Alex Barcelo and Tejon Lucas will combine for 40-plus points Friday and Saturday. Okay. Double-digit scoring for each person each day. Mm-hmm, exactly. All right. All right. It's going to happen. Let's hope so. This, will this be the week that all three of us win, or will it be oh. the week that all three of us get our intestines right? <laughs> oh, okay. oh, God bless America. <laughs> all right. Uh, let's go to just some regular college basketball. We can figure out what we can finish up with that. Today, when you are listening to this, hopefully... Is March 1st, baby. It's it is March, March, baby. Let's go. This is March. My heart was right. Danny's heart was definitely right. <laughs> uh, yeah, so my heart was right in that it's March before it's even March. Mm-hmm. I said it last episode. Go listen to that if you haven't. But And we saw that on Saturday last week when seven of the top ten teams in the nation all lost on the same day. Ridiculous. Yeah. Which was insane. Including Gonzaga. We love to see it. Yeah. We love to see that. It's amazing. Uh, I want to r- do a quick game with you guys. Let's run through the AP Top 10, and I'll ask you guys, I'll say a team, and you guys tell me contender or pretender. Mm. Okay? Okay, yeah. Number one, Gonzaga. Contender. Pretender. <laughs> oh, nice! Okay, okay. I don't uh, think they can win a championship this year. All right. Okay. They heard it here first, folks. Exposed. All right. Uh, Arizona lost by like 26 or 16 or something at Colorado. I'm going to say contender to like the Elite Eight. Okay. But they're not making it past the Elite Eight. So so not a contender national championship. No. Okay. But a, yeah, a decent team. Okay. Dan? Uh, same boat. Not a contender for a national championship. Okay. They'll probably win a few games, but All right. no All more right. than that. How about Baylor? Pretender. 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 Oh, smash pretender. that pretender button. Oh. Smashing the pretender button. <laughs> Even though they just won at Kansas. Pretender. Okay. Okay. Uh, Duke. Dan is a Duke fan. I'm going contender on this one. Pretender. Oof. Duke is a pretender. Dan, you're saying contender? I'm saying contender. Okay. They have the talent. They certainly do. It's it's all up to Coach K. Uh, quick question. Is this season a colossal failure for Duke if they don't win a national championship because it's Coach K's last season? Yes. Yeah. Colossal one. Colossal. <laughs> That's the standard. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Auburn. Contender. Contender, contender, yeah, I'm going contender. Okay, even though they've lost like three of the last six. They've contended this season. Okay, Kansas. Pretender. Oh, I'm split on this one. I think my brain is telling me contender. Okay. Just, yeah. Are you following First brain? instinct. Okay. They contender. are a sweet 16 team for me. Oh, losing the sweet 16. Okay. 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 
Ketnucky. Mm, contender. 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 Okay. Yeah. They've been yeah. playing really well lately. They're good. Purdue. Purdue. Literally losing first round. Pretender. Pretender. Wow. Purdue yeah, is the most pretender. overrated team in college wow. basketball history. Going pretender. pretender. Okay. Uh, Providencia. Providence. Pretender. I'm going to tell you what. Providence. They're gonna they're they're gonna be a solid round of thirty two team and they're going to they're going to lose to a team that's gonna go to like the final four. It's very solid. A solid round of thirty two team that <laughs> will win one game. All right, and finally, Wisconsin. Now Wisconsin's losing to like a thirteen seed. Trash. Okay. So really, only unless like, it's Jawan Howard. Then only they, the top they're gonna six. Beat up Jawan Howard. Yeah, there's. I guess my contenders were Duke, Auburn. Kansas, Kentucky. Is that my contenders? Yeah. I have One of those four teams will win the championship. Okay. I have Gonzaga, Auburn, or Kentucky. Okay. I like it. That's that's very interesting. Uh, next up, let's do a bubble watch, shall we? Because BOU is probably the firmest you can be planted on the bubble. Yeah. Yep. At like our resume right now, we're at net 50. Mm-hmm. We have four good wins over tournament or bubble teams. And we have two bad losses. Yep. I, I don't think you can get yeah. more bubblicious than that, can you? That is absolutely bubblicious. Uh, I have an analogy. Hubba bubba. Ooh. Did you ever hike the Pfeiffer horn? Jet? Yes. You know that knife's edge part? Yes. Where you're just kind of walking like on top of rocks and there's a cliff on either side. Just sheer cliff. That's yeah. where BYU's at right now. They're right on the edge. With a little bit of a little push, they could make their way onto the right side of the bubble. But if one thing goes wrong, they're going far the other way. I, I nice edge of the Pfeiffer horn, you folks. <laughs> yes. All right. For all you that have yes. experienced that, <laughs> it's excellent hike. <laughs> it is very, very. I good. recommend. Awesome. Very, yeah. Okay. Not in the snow. Okay, that's all. Um, BYU has had some bad bubble beats today. San Diego State was one team behind <sighs> them in the in the first four out. They just beat a tournament team in Wyoming today. Yeah. UNC also on the bubble in the last four in. One today at Syracuse. It would have been a quad three loss for them. Would have been in- enormous for BYU because UNC would have absolutely dropped out. But they squeaked out the win in overtime. Yeah. Yeah. Tough day. It is not. Yeah, honestly. Yeah. It's not falling the way that you would want it to fall. Um, I have a quick blind resume for you guys. Okay. A couple of them. Give okay? us your resume. So, and the, uh, blind resume is my like my favorite thing. I love doing this. Very fun. So, Team A. The record is fifteen and twelve. Okay. Nine and eight in conference, so barely above in each. However, they have six quad one and two wins and only one quad three four loss, and they are five and five in their last ten. That is Team A. Huh. Team B, twenty one and nine, okay. nine and six in conference, okay. seven quad one and two wins, only one mm. quad three four loss, and they are also five and five in the last ten. Lastly, we have twenty and eight. Team C, 14 and 4 in conference. However, only five of those wins have been over quad one and two teams. They only have one loss over quad three, four teams, and they are eight and two in their last 10. So, out of teams A, B, and C, who are you taking in the tournament? Who, if this is one spot left, who are you guys taking? I'm going to take... Honestly, I'd take C. Okay. 
eight and two in their last ten. They've been playing good ball lately. Five Q one Q two wins probably means to me that they're not in a conference where they're getting those regularly, but they're twenty and eight. Good team. I think they belong in the tourney. Okay, Dan. Yeah, I was initially gonna take C as well, but I think I'm gonna go with B. Okay. Of the quad one and two wins. They have two more than C. That's true. Um, they they're only five and five in their last ten, so not doing as well lately. But I think the overall record of twenty one and nine and seven quad one and two wins. I think that's the team I would take. Right. Most quad one and two wins out of the group. Best record. Yeah. Like like Justin said, Team C is, is more hot, right? As you would say. Exactly. Yeah. Team A is Michigan. Okay. Get Michigan out of there. Michigan, no one Michigan, Michigan is booty. Michigan <laughs> is currently in the last four buys. Are you kidding to me? Lenardi. How? Yeah. Get Michigan the freak out of there. They're 15-12. 9-8. That is awful. Granted, they do play in a very good conference, but still. You, I, fifteen and twelve, really? Get them out of there. Anyway, Team B is the BYU Cougars. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah. right on the edge of the bubble. We are on the yeah. knife's edge, as Dan said. Team C is Notre Dame, oh. who is currently a projected nine seed in Lenardi's tournament. Now, for me personally, I don't see those numbers jumping off the page to me, saying that they're guaranteed a nine seed. Mm-hmm. You know. I know. I- 8, 12, 16 teams out of being on the bubble. They have less quad one wins than BYU. They have just as many bad losses. The only difference, really, is that they're 8 and 2 in their last 10 games. Mm. I don't know. Yeah, that's interesting. Something to think about when it comes turning time. They might look at teams that are hotter rather than teams that are trying to eke out the season with a winning record. Oh, man. Well, as we said, we're talking about all kinds of March stuff. March has officially begun on February 28th because conference tournaments have begun. It's time. I, honestly, I don't even remember what the conference is. I should have wrote it down. I didn't. I apologize for that. But it was Central Connecticut. Central Connecticut going up against Fair Dickinson. Fair Dickinson. <laughs> Central Connecticut was down two with no seven way. seconds left, made two free throws, Fair Dickinson had a chance for the win and missed the shot. Central Connecticut oh, moves man. on in the first round of that in that tournament, winning 67 to 66. Conference tournament season has officially begun. They are in oh. the Northeastern Conference, the neck, and they're yeah. the Farley Dickinson. Farley. Oh, sorry, Farley Dickinson. Farley. Well, I thought it was, I, I wrote it, it down wrong. No, it, it, it just says fair, but then you like click on this goal. Oh, it's expand like, it. Fairley. Fairley Dickinson. Heartbreaking loss for Fair Dickinson. Heartbreaking loss for Fairley Dickinson. They won, I think, four games on the year. Their season is now over. 4-22, Farley, Fairley, Fair Dickinson. Why don't we just call him Fair Dick? I li- oh. Fair Dick? Yeah. Fair Dick. Who would win? Tech. Who would win five on five? Okay. Royal Strong and True podcast plus Kevin and uh, one Duncan. more. <laughs> <laughs> no, Kevin is Tim Duncan. Kevin, Kevin is thinks Tim Duncan. Duncan. Kevin and one other, one other random on the street. Kevin and Or Fairleigh Dickinson. Or Caleb Lohner only layups. Ooh. No dunks. Yeah, Caleb Lohner can only shoot it. He can't touch the rim. He can only shoot it from inside the restricted area. He's going to go 2 of 7. 
You know, That's I think we're we'll strong true wins. We I, I think we could. We should. We should hit him up. We should slide into their DMs. Call it college. At fair hey, want to come play these noobs on a podcast? <laughs> we got a scrimmage set up for you. <laughs> we'll buy you a built bar. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. All right, everyone. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of the Royal Strong and True Podcast. We are super happy that you listened to this episode all the way through. If you are listening to this message, make sure you go and comment. This is a new one. Go ahead and comment. Jordan. On Jordan, our latest. Yeah, I'm looking at the Air Jordan sticker on the back of Jared's laptop. <laughs> so go ahead and Jordan. comment Jordan on our latest Instagram post at Loyal to Royal Pod is where you'll find us on Instagram and Twitter. Make sure you share this episode with your friends. Leave a five star review. Respond to our Instagram stories for to get your mailbag questions mm-hmm. um, featured in the episode. Thanks for listening. We love you guys. Thank you. Goodbye now. Rock, 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 rock.